Yes, listeners, welcome to the first Across the Line of 2023. I'm your host, Paul Carroll, and I'll be here with you on this Friday, January the 6th, for the next hour or so, talking all things sport in Tipperary. Uh, before we get started on uh, what's going to be a jam-packed show, um, it's worth mentioning that I will be the new host of the show going forward. And as you might have heard before Christmas on uh, Shane Brophy's last show, he mentioned that he will be stepping away as the host of Across the Line uh, after about four years at the helm. So um, Shane done incredible work with Tip FM over the last four years. And of course, he'll be continuing on with the garage that you can uh, see all his uh, great writing every week. Um, so I thank Shane. I suppose I was his producer for the last uh, couple years and um, uh, Shane just uh, set really high standards for this show and um, I would be happy to hopefully keep those standards as high as Shane had him. He was also always uh, really well informed and uh, always had a really good shows here every Friday evening so um, my many thanks to Shane and uh, for showing me the ropes and all the work he's done in the last four years and uh, I hope I can uh, continue on the show that uh, he um, he had for the last four years so we say uh, fair play to Shane Brophy and uh, so yeah I will be taking over the helm for the next uh, the next uh, foreseeable anyway we'll see how we go we'll see how, how we get on with the show but uh, for my first show I suppose we've got lots of things to talk about for the start of January I suppose Tipperary we're back in senior hurling action over the weekend they played uh, over the past week on Tuesday night they played Watford in the Munster Hurling League so we're going to talk with Ken Hogan in a few moments about that we're also going to talk to Tipperary uh, senior football selector Charlie McGeever um, the tip play Watford in the McGrath Cup on Sunday um, so we're going to have a chat about uh, just how the off season has gone and um, going to talk about obviously that match against Waterford on Sunday. We're also going to talk to uh, Director of Rugby with Nina Ormond and John Long. Of course, uh, big news in rugby, in, in Irish rugby and I suppose more locally in Tipperary was the news that Ben Healy is going to be joining Edinburgh at the end of the year, end of the, end of the season. So he's going to be joining Edinburgh from Munster. So um, I suppose disappointing news from a Munster and Irish fan perspective, but Ben Healy um, obviously feels this was uh, the best decision for him to make. So I suppose we're going to talk with uh, John Long about that, Director of Rugby at Nina Ormond. And we're also going to talk about, of course, Nina Ormond, who are back in action uh, this uh, Saturday at half past two against Navin. That's uh, tomorrow afternoon in the AIL. So uh, plenty to talk about there. And as always, we'll round off the show talking dogs with Barry Drake. So stay tuned with us for the next hour or so. And uh, we will keep you entertained and informed on all things sport in Tipperary. So first of all, we're going to talk that Tipperary versus Watford um, senior hurling game that happened on Tuesday. Our first look at Liam Cattle as manager. And to talk through it, I'm going to be I'm joined by uh, Ken Hogan. Ken, you're welcome to the show. Thanks, Paul. Happy New Year. And many happy returns to you, Ken. I suppose uh, Tipperary versus Watford, our first look at a, a Liam Cahill-led Tipperary senior hurling team. They uh, lost to Watford. It was played in Mallow on Tuesday evening. It was 21 points to 115. I suppose your overall reaction from the game, what, what did you take from that outing? I felt it was a good workout. Obviously, a change of venue close to the time meant that there wasn't a bigger number of people attending, but I thought it was competitive enough. I think both managers would be happy we are concerned, I suppose, totally with, with Tip and uh, a lot of new guys on the scene. I think uh, the fitness levels were good. Uh, there was a bit of intensity there, a bit of physicality, which you don't expect at this time of the year. And I think they're working towards uh, building a strong team for the league. I think Liam Cahill will uh, emphasize uh, that, that we need to have a good league. And uh, I think it was a great workout from that point of view with the Clare match coming the weekend. Yeah, and it was... Uh... Like the conditions, I I only saw it on stream now, but the conditions looked uh, very tough, I suppose, especially in the second half when the kind of rain picked up. But um, tip against the wind in the first half, 
had a bit of a slow start, but came into it well in the in the second half of that first half. Yeah, t- conditions were awful, really. You know, wet and wind and tip were playing into the wind. I thought tip were looking for a good start. They couldn't get a good start because they went five, six, seven behind early on in the game and did well to hang in there till half time and a quite respectable, you know, five point margin at half time, which was very good considering the elements, I think. Uh, the second half, uh, Waterford obviously played their usual game of of seven, eight guys at the back and had four roamers up front. So it meant they probably had the benefit of assessing the elements, you know, right through the first half and adapted a little bit better and got a better second half start. Um, obviously, uh, you know, Jason Ford's uh, goal, particularly after Reese Shelley's penalty save, was a great boost for Tipperary brought it back to the minimum, but um, the introduction of subs like Austin Gleeson, obviously, they, they brought on the big hitters, uh, probably uh, shaded the game for, for Waterford. Yeah, and just looking at it, like the, the second half, um, obviously Jason Ford gets that goal and a really clinical finish and a great man to have kind of in around uh, that part of the field because if he gets a chance on goal, it's a very hard shot to stop. But um, after that then, Tip got kind of wind wind behind their back and uh, were really on top for a couple of minutes there and could have had a second goal. I think it was Jack Ryan who came on and was in one on one and was nearly in between two minds of passing or shooting when he he ended up taking a shot on and it probably wasn't his best effort. It was it was saved and went out for sixty five. But Tip were really um, up and at Watford and looked like they could go on and win the game. Then Carl Barrett, who was I thought was excellent throughout the game, he gets a red card, two yellow cards, which was I don't know. I thought it was a bit maybe a bit hard. But um, that probably kind of just stopped Tip maybe from from pushing on those last ten minutes. Uh, without a doubt, uh, immediately after Jason's goal, Jack Ryan, great to see him on the team representing Clonorty Rossmore and his first cousin Dylan. So mm. um, he he would get more opportunities. A fine strapping lad and a great free taker as well. But he definitely was caught in two minds. Um, probably the wisest thing was to take the point, but he he just went that little bit extra with it, hit it straight to keeper. Uh, which meant that obviously uh, it was a huge chance and a huge opportunity. Uh, the two yellows for Cahill, the first one was definitely innocuous, Paul, um, because uh, of the weather and the, the, the inclements that were there. But from from our perspective, I suppose, Cahill just has to be careful. The second one was a little bit careless. Watford, you know, this, uh, Austin got away with a, a high tackle as well. Uh, which went unpunished. So and the pa- was it Podrick Fitz came on and could have easily been a red card underneath the stand. Yeah, uh, yeah. Under the circumstances with the weather conditions, I think the referee should have taken into consideration because none of Cahill's challenges were malicious. Yeah. But I suppose it's something we just have, something we just have and Cahill just had to keep an eye on. But he was absolutely outstanding, you know, and showed mm. great leadership at the back. I felt our back line were strong. I felt Podge Campion hit a lot of ball. Um, Dan McCormick, great to see him back with a huge zest for, for, for hurling. Uh, I thought he was ex- excellent as well. I suppose coming into the weekend, Paul, we need to strengthen up probably midfield. We need an anchor in midfield, whether that's Dan McCormick or Paddy Cadell, or of course you have, you have Brian O'Mara, the, the guy that these sports come in, but that's something we need to work on, particularly in the modern day game, someone to anchor midfield and obviously somebody to do the, to do the running as well. But, I think overall, there's a lot to learn from these games. Clary Neen is going to be an attractive fixture. You know, it's a local derby as well. Uh, we're smarting after our Munster Championship defeat last year and obviously playing Clare in the first game of the Championship uh, in the coming cha- uh, year 
obviously we will be watching with interest uh, what way Clare will line out. Will they bring a strong team? But overall, it's good to get games of this calibre at this time of the year. Yeah, and I just want to ask you a bit about some of the some of the people, uh, some of the lads who who played um, on Tuesday against Watford. Um, I suppose Michael Breen at full back. It's probably something that's been talked about in Tipperary for a while, and I think a lot of people in Ballina would say that he, his best position is in the backs, and he would have come come up through the ranks as a full back and centre back for, um, with Ballina underage. Um, how did you how did you make of his performance at full back the other night? Yeah, and Hardy Cup hurling as well, you know, when he was going to school in Castle Troy, uh, played as a backman. So uh, I think Mike adapted pretty well. Uh, think conditions obviously were tough for forwards anyway. I think our backs were very strong in the way that they defended. They didn't allow goal opportunities for the Waterford team, uh, barred the penalty situation. So I think Mikey Breen will definitely get another cut at this. It has been an ongoing concern for Tipperary for quite a while now, Paul, mm. uh, the full-pack position. And Mikey Breen has the head, has the experience. We've seen the J.J. Delaney's of this world, uh, the Dan Morris's uh, of this world going back and making a success at full-back. Um, and why not Mikey Breen as well? And he has the the physical stature. Like, Joe, if, if one of us were in goals, you wouldn't mind someone like Mikey Breen uh, wearing the number three jersey in front of you? Well, you've hit the nail on the head there because... Um, we were an open parish last year in our defence, and uh, that can definitely that cannot happen again. Uh, we need to shore up um, goals with matches, as we, the old cliche says, and we definitely need strong men uh, in the spine of our defence. And Mikey Breen uh, definitely fits that and, category. And Reese Shelley then in goals. Um, I thought he looked pretty um, pretty assured in himself, and obviously he made that great penalty save from Stephen Bennett uh, in the second half. But uh, a p- pretty good performance by him. I know it was very difficult in terms of puck outs at times with the with the wind, with how strong it was and how conditions were. But I, I thought he accounted himself uh, pretty well. Oh, without a doubt. Looked very assured and plenty of confidence and, and good presence as well. I think for his first game for the county senior team, he'd be uh, pretty happy with his display. Great penalty save as well. Um, and from his perspective, I suppose when you talk about getting down the field, we need to get ball-winning players, and that's where the likes of, of Jack Ryan and Connor Bow and Garota Connor was introduced as well, Paul. These guys will just have to put their hands up because we weren't winning primary ball last year, and, and uh, Reece Shelley, you know, has, has the, the artillery, you know, to, to hit the balls, to strike the ball uh, a fair distance. So yeah. from our point of view, we just need ball-winners up front. Uh, you know, short puck out, We'll work to a, a certain situation, but there's sometimes when some guy needs to pop his hand and win that hard ball up front as well. Yeah, and um, I suppose it was a scrappy game at times due to the weather conditions, so primary possession was even even more key. But um, someone that really impressed me for many reasons was Podge Campion, uh, who's at centre-back, um, particularly in the second half. And what really surprised me was his speed coming out with the ball going on solar runs down through the middle of the field I didn't think he was that quick like um, from what we saw the other the other night but uh, he had a very promising performance I thought uh, very promising display usually when a young fella gets onto a team for his first game he plays a cagey sort of a game he just plays uh, plays it nice and quietly and, and goes about his work but he actually took the bull by the horns um worked very hard throughout the game and got on an amount of ball and in, in actual fact was penetrating, uh, you know, the Waterford midfield by, by moving with the ball and, and delivering ball. He seems 
to have that confidence and belief in himself, which is a huge thing at this level, Paul. Yeah. So from that perspective, um, um, we're, I'm delighted to see you know another position that that uh, is there for the taking, particularly in the half back line. That he he took he he took the reins and uh, was quite comfortable at centre back. Because I think in the off season, obviously with with um, injuries that Tip have had to to the likes of Barry Heffernan and Craig Morgan and stuff, there is there is places to be filled in that uh, defence, I suppose. And you know, someone like Podge Campion coming in and having a good game, he'll be hoping to continue that. And, and Mikey Breen back there, but Dan McCormack at half back. Um, obviously, we we all know Dan McCormack and the hurler he is and what he's done with Tip the last couple of years. Very physical presence, very good coming out with a ball. Do you think halfback could be somewhere where we where we see Dan going forward? I know he kind of uh, he plays kind of midfield halfback, uh, often switching in with Brendan Maher at Bursley, so it's a position he can play. Um, do you think we'll we'll kind of see him there going forward? Well, it is, it is without doubt an option. He is a strong man. Um, it's no secret, I suppose, Paul, that Dan was cut a very frustrated figure last year. I think he was the fall guy for a lot of situations that occurred um, and and uh, he, he seemed disillusioned at times the way things panned out so I think he's just relishing the hurling he's still mad to play with Tipperary he's contributed hugely to two All-Ireland wins with Tip he has the experience he has the, the, the brain power um, from from 5 probably to 12 Dan can fill a lot of positions there I still would be hugely concerned about the midfield situation and um, I'll be more inclined to think that Dan could do a, a, do a good job for us there as well. So it's all up for opinion, but from my point of view, to have a bit uh, confident Dan McCormick in your team is a must. And be um, confident is, is something I, I'm going to come back to in, in just a second. But uh, finally, just uh, the last of the kind of notes that I wrote down while I was watching the game was uh, Keno Dwyer of Clannacenny, when he came on, picked off two really good scores. So that's nice to see someone, obviously, in, in, a, in a first game with the, with the senior side coming on and uh, just looking so sharp. Yeah, and like, um, you know, a number of players got opportunities, maybe, and weren't totally happy with the performance. But it was... It was definitely a poor night for deputants, a poor night to play uh, weather-wise, conditions-wise. And, you know, I think the likes of Joe Fogarty, uh, you know, of course, Alan Tynan will get that opportunity again. Mm. Um, so Keno Dwyer uh, took his chance with both hands. He, he's well known uh, for his scoring prowess. We need scores. We need to have people that know where the goals are. Keane definitely knows where the goals are. He's still a very young player, an under one player. Um, so he had an outstanding year with Clannock Kinney so it's fantastic to see him getting in uh, Paddy Creedon of course and Conor Bow. I'd like to see Conor Bow in the middle of the park I think he's an athlete I think there's a spring in his step I think he's a powerful runner with the ball I think further out the field but you know Paddy Creedon made one great run in the first half Paul yeah. uh, got, got blocked down just you know uh, at the last second but at least he made the run made the burst and took on the defence and Again, he's an athlete. He's a guy that can move with the ball, and that's that's what Tipperary were lacking, you know, hugely in the last couple of years. You know, athletic players that can break the tackle and and win their own ball. So, Touchwood, you know, I think there's plenty to work on. You know, and Keno Dwyer is one of those players that showed he has the potential uh, to to go a long way. And I was I was going to mention that uh, Paddy Creedon that that run in the first half. He he just got onto a break out near the corner, out near the twenty-one, and just. 
like he's someone I, I'd imagine a county manager just loves to have. He's he's young. He's a big physical presence. He's got crazy speed for his size, and he's got lots of hurling ability. He's there's so much potential in Paddy Creedon that you you see glimpses like that that run he made, and you know you know there is definitely a player. There's a player there. Yeah, and you see, as a corner forward, you know, you see the Jason Fords of this world, you know, the great Owen Kelly himself, they were they were really slick finishers. They, you know, they know where the goals are. Paddy probably lacks a little bit in that department, but I think there's a huge role for him to play with Tipperary, even now maybe as a, as a 10 or a 12, uh, in winning ball, being able to travel with ball, and uh, fe- feeding off uh, his fellow forwards. So, I think uh, it's, it's, it's a step in the right direction for Tipperary. These are the type of players we need. I think Liam Cahill will look for strong physical players that will stand up and be counted. And I think you will see uh, that type of player coming into our team this year. Yeah, and I mentioned I was going to come back to the word confident. Do you think, um, because of how last year went... Um, do you think confidence may be an issue in the squad in terms of even when we get into the league and maybe into the championship? Um, will that be a, an issue, do you think, or do you think this is kind of a, a new slate and players might be coming in with um, last year, I suppose, well in the rearview mirror? I think the slate will just have to be wiped clean, Paul. Mm. I think that last year was a nightmare for us all, for all the very people. Uh, we, you know, we, 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 we don't expect... Right to be, you know, at the top all all of the time, but we expect to be competitive, and uh, we just, you know, losing four cha- uh, monster championship matches, you know, is a no-no f- for 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 the Tip Hurling public. Uh, it was just a nightmare year for everybody. I think the clay has to be, uh, you know, wiped clean. I think players have got to move forward, and I think there's huge relief in a sense that the fact that we're going to get this opportunity, uh, Liam Cal, you know, he doesn't suffer fools gladly. Uh, he doesn't shirk responsibility. Um, he will know that the very public will demand uh, the team to be competitive, to be hard, and uh, I never say that attitude. That, unfortunately, wasn't there last year. I expect it to be there in abundance this time. Um, so I suppose just finally looking ahead to uh, Sunday to play Clare in the second of their Munster Hurling League games. Um, if they were to beat Clare, they'd uh, need, I'd imagine, Clare to beat Watford to kind of get through. It's the top out of the, the top team out of the three goes through to the uh, to the final. So not sure uh, exactly the permutations here, but they'll be hoping for a win, of course, Tipperary. But um, you're expecting to see some changes. Uh, who would you like to see come in? Asher did. Um, I'm sure the management are, are more aware of, of that than anybody. They will be trying to blood every player. Uh, they won't cry if they're not in the final stages of the Munster League. Mm. Uh, they're, under, they're in a train. <coughs> it's no secret that they're in a, a hard training program. I think to get the players strong, to get the players hard, is, is a big thing. Uh, we obviously haven't seen the Lockmore players yet, the Kildangan players. Uh, they contested the county final, of course. Uh, Killer One players and of Brian O'Mara, a guy that a lot of people spoke about, you know, he's been given exploits last year, and Kieran Connolly, um, they're players that obviously we will see a lot of, uh, particularly during the league campaign. So, just looking forward to seeing these players be blooded. I think it's important also that we stabilise, you know, our 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 back line, that we know that going out we're not going to concede. Uh, big scores. So from that perspective, the management will be very aware of the fact that no matter what lineup you go with, 
that needs to be strong and resourceful, but more importantly, you know, uh, ruthless at the back. Yeah, and like this could be Tip's last competitive game until the start of the league when they play Leash. That's on February the fourth. So, I, although they will be playing challenge matches and, and things like that, obviously, but um, this is a, an important game, I suppose, in terms of getting that competitive edge. And uh, you know, if if you if you play well in a game like this on Sunday, it'll probably do your chances better than if you t- were to play well in in a challenge game. But um, so it is an important game for Tip in terms of just finding out um, more about the players, I suppose, for the management. Oh, that was out. I mean, uh, players love winning. You know, winning is a good habit. Uh, Losing is a bad habit, Paul. So, you know, anytime you walk into a dressing room, no matter what your game you've played, that winning feeling, you know, is, is, is nice. And also, it, it means that you're not looking over your shoulder or, or people are, are, are maybe, you know, not uh, criticising constructively. So, from that perspective, I fully expect the tip to go out and to uh, achieve a victory on, on Sunday to give everybody, uh, you know, uh, the incentive to, to move on and to, to go to better places. So it is an important match in that aspect. I think we need to get that winning habit back again. And uh, hopefully that winning habit starts on Sunday at Tipperary versus Clare at half past one in the Munster Hurling League. Uh, Ken Hogan, thanks for joining us on Across the Line. Anytime, Paul. God bless. Ken Hogan, hurling analyst, talking with us there about Tipperary versus uh, Watford and, of course, Tipperary versus Clare. And that's a game you can hear live here on Tip FM on Sunday from half past one. Our live coverage of that game is with thanks to O'Sullivan Insurances in Clonmel. And that's going to be myself and uh, Shane McGrath commentary. So join us from just about 20 past one on uh, Sunday afternoon and you'll hear live commentary of Tipperary versus Clare in the Munster Hurling League. Right, with that, it's time for our first break. We'll be back after the break with Charlie McGeever to talk Tipperary football. Welcome back, listeners, to part two of Across the Line here on Tip FM with myself, Paul Carroll. So our focus now turns to Gaelic football with the Tipperary senior footballers back in action this Sunday. They take on Watford in the Gold Coast in Dungarvan at half past one in the opening game of the McGrath Cup for 2023. And to talk about how the off-season has gone and how preparations are going for the new season, I'm joined by Charlie McGeever, who's Tipperary senior football selector. Charlie, you're welcome to the show. Thanks, Paul. Thank you very much. Happy New Year to you. And many happy returns. Um, I suppose, Charlie, we'll start with uh, how has the kind of last couple of weeks been in terms of uh, getting the team back and um, pre-season training and all that. You've been back since uh, late November. Um, how how has it, that, that period been up until now? That's been good. Um, in general, I suppose, it, it's certainly we're, we're in a better space and, and place than we were this time last year. Uh, we had loads of difficulties last year around player injuries and getting people started off way ahead of ourselves this year. And I think most counties are because I think the way the the, the season was laid out has given teams more of a, an option to be closer to where they would like to be. So we're, we're certainly further down the road um, in our preparation, no doubt about that. But like it's coming thick and fast now because the McGrath Cup starting in the weekend and then into the league. So, uh, But preparation-wise, we'd be happy enough uh, with, 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 with the work done so far. Yeah, and I suppose um, you've, you've probably got to get some look at players through training and all that but David Power had mentioned before um, just before Christmas here on Tip FM that he was kind of frustrated with the rule around uh, challenge matches and, and things like that that you couldn't do them until January so um, have you managed to get a get a good look at some of the players you wanted to before uh, before Sunday? Yeah, we've we've had a good look. We've had a, we've had a number of of uh, opportunities, I suppose, within to to do that. And I suppose the way to put it is that we certainly will be going in uh, stronger in our approach to the McGrath Cup than we were last year. 
a lot of experimentation involved in last year's setup um, at the time, and a lot of players got game time that probably didn't see game time afterwards. But we probably feel that we're a bit more settled uh, in our approach, and that we were definitely um, using the McGrath Cup not as an exper- experimentation uh, at all, but uh, with an eye to the league starting shortly. Because as you as you know, Division Three step up from Division Four, Paul, for a start, and you're starting off with three Northern teams, one in a row in uh, in down in Cavan, and I think Antrim. So it's um, you know that 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 soon steadies the head in relation to your view ahead so experimentation you don't have the time for so as I say it's all hands on deck as and from now Yeah and um, and those games once they start are, are coming thick and fast so that, that makes these games um, against uh, Limerick and uh, first up Watford um, very kind of important for you I suppose so to really as you said get that team settled and um, and uh, see, the, see the lads you want to see in a, in a competitive environment yeah, and I suppose looking at systems and looking at positions uh, is what it's about as well. And, and also making sure, obviously, that we don't uh, pick up. Certainly last year, I suppose, we, we had uh, picked up quite a few injuries and, and long-term injuries that we picked up at this time of year. Uh, and, and sometimes that can happen with the balance of rushing people back in, people maybe not being as, as uh, uh, in, not clear of injury. But this year, I think, hopefully, we're, we're just that bit further ahead, like I said. And part of the key will be to make sure that that uh, that our players don't get or that, that their time involvement is at the right amount rather than pushing it. So with that in mind, the, the McGrath Cup has allowed, from what I can see, to use the full panel on the day. So it means that the panel of 26 that are named can all be used, which is a help at this time of year, obviously, to make sure that we don't pick up any more injuries. You've got some new faces in terms of players around the squad as well, but you've also got a, a new face in terms of management, obviously, with Paddy Christie um, moving on to Pastures New. Uh, you've got Sean Barry in there as a new coach. How was he uh, settled in? Yeah, Sean settled in very well. Uh, Sean, old style in a sense, in terms of, of his approach uh, with, with with what we're doing. And we need that a very much a, a, a grounded approach to our work. He's doing serious, a lot of serious work in relation to ball handling and skill sets. And I think that's shown itself in pre-season already. I think we're certainly more accurate in our work. Uh, we'll be keeping a tight eye on Paddy as well going forward, obviously. Paddy's uh, new manager in Longford, which will be coming our way not too far away. And having met up with Paddy again over the celebrations for the, the Munster Championship last weekend in the Manila, uh, Paddy was given very little away. <laughs> as indeed we were ourselves so we were cagey enough with that but uh, I see already that he's had a big win with Leash uh, over Leash during the week so we'll be keeping an eye on that but on the other side of it it's always nice to get a new voice in and I think it's it's important to get clarity around what we want to do and Sean is doing that uh, quite clearly and it's great to see him coming in and I'm personally myself and I suppose Declan Brown and the rest of us are, are learning quite a bit from him already so more than delighted with where we are with that Good to hear, and yeah, good to hear you, you uh, managed to, to meet up, I suppose, and finally um, get the celebrations that that 2020 team deserved. How the, I'd imagine that was a, a good night down in Clonmel. It was one long night and day, I would say, because there were so many people coming together for the first time, Paul, in a long time. As you know, there's been quite a turnover in the, in, in the panel and squad and, and uh, management group since then. So it was a, a long night of celebration. It was a great night, and, uh, and it was so well organised. And uh, thanks to all involved in the organisation of it, friends of Tipperary and, and the football board and indeed the county board and uh, and uh, the management of, of uh, football as well. So great all night. Um, very enjoyable. Uh, it's set us up nicely I suppose for the start of the year but it was nice to get that, that, that engagement and to remind ourselves of what we can do Yeah definitely and I saw from the pictures that uh, 
Colin O'Reardon was in attendance. I'm wondering, is he um, part of your plans at all for this year going forward? Or have you spoken to him about that? Yeah, un- unfortunately, Colin, uh, Colin is, is heading back to Australia. Uh, that's already been decided um, at this point. And uh, he certainly was home for the break. But again, having been home for the break, he did join in and he was he was involved with us for a while, uh, as he always is when he comes home, because he's welcome to be uh, part of the Tipperary uh, uh, set up always and I'm sure that we will see him back in the near future but currently he's, he's, his intention is to return to Australia from what I'm aware Okay so he, he, he did come in anyway and, and do a few sessions which I'm sure was a As he does as he always does he's, Colin, Colin would never be home and, and not be involved I suppose he's, he's that sort of a, a sort of a guy and as I say he always the great thing about Colin whenever he turns up to train session is that he drives it on he absolutely drives it on his experience and being a professional athlete as he was over the years uh, it's always a breath of fresh air to see him in Brilliant, yeah. So um, it's unfortunate, I suppose, that he, he by the sounds of it, he, he won't be part of the squad. But of, of course, uh, it, the doors are always always open in, in Dr. Morris Park for Colin O'Reardon. Oh yeah, I would. I would. I have no doubt that uh, that Colin Reardon will will um, at some stage be part of the of the Tipperary football scene again. No doubt about that, and uh, will be always welcome, as you know. So go, going ahead to uh, this weekend, so this Sunday uh, against uh, Watford down in Dungarvan at half past one. Um, I suppose, what way are you going into this McGrath Cup? Is this a chance to find your settled team or is this a chance to kind of finally uh, see some players or what's the whole kind of approach to the McGrath Cup? Well, I think with the with the with the format of allowing you the twenty six the use of all twenty six players, Paul, it'll be a mix of both. Certainly, we will have an eye, as I said earlier, we will have an eye on the league. Uh, that's the intention because it's coming so quickly. But we'll also have an opportunity, hopefully, to have a look, uh, maybe not as long a look as as otherwise would have been before, but still a look at some new talent that that will be coming in. And it's great to see the return of some familiar faces that are important, given the fact that we've lost a few. Uh, Paul Maher has obviously uh, not is not part of the the very horning scene and will be back in he's carrying a little bit of a knock at the minute but we're looking forward to seeing Paul in a temporary jersey over the next coming weeks and um, I suppose along with that Emmett Maloney is back as well who would not have been part of the panel last year and was quite uh, quite central to our, our 2020 uh, achievements at the time he was well involved in that so they're, they're to name a few they're, they're new faces that are old faces as well who are experienced and will add to what we have and is there any update at all on Mark Russell? I, I, David Power has been saying before Christmas that he probably wouldn't have him for um, parts of the league. Is there any update on that? Well, uh, actually, the funny thing is Mark has made great progress in the last number of weeks. Um, it's, it's, un, it's uncertain yet as to when he will be uh, competitive, I suppose, but he certainly has been involved in our game time uh, over the last number of weeks. So I, I, I see Mark Mark's made quite a great recovery in that sense. Uh, I'm not uh, predicting that he'll be starting at the weekend or anything, but he certainly uh, has shown great improvement from, let's say, the last time you were talking to David, we'll say so. Uh, and he's working very, he's a great lad. He's working very, very hard at it. He's he's keeping the head down and working extremely hard. So if um, I, I do expect him to see him in a temporary jersey, not too far in the future at all. That's great news. Great to hear that uh, he's recovering well. And apart from that, any under injuries uh, at all of, of note or anything picked up in the last couple of weeks? Well, not really. There are, there are bits and uh, nothing that is going to be long term, I suppose. Uh, yeah. Short term, people will have issues around uh, soft tissue injuries like hamstrings and so on that we'll be careful with. But we still intend, as I say, to be uh, heading into the McGrath Cup in as strong a frame of mind as possible. And, you know, one thing I'm, I'm looking forward to is seeing some of our, or we'll say, 
what I would call our, our marquee players, the likes of Jack Kennedy and Stephen O'Brien in particular, who probably haven't really had much opportunity over the last two years since 2020 to be uh, effective in, in, in the temporary scene because both have carried long-term injuries uh, over the last two years that have, have blighted their uh, their turnout. So great to see the two of them at the minute flying fit. So uh, I'm hoping that they will, will drive us on in the, in the coming weeks and months. Please, God. Charlie, uh, thanks very much for your time. Thank you very much, Paul. Thanks. Cheers, and the best of luck to you over the weekend. Thank you, Paul. Thank you. Cheers. Charlie McGeever, Tipperary Senior Football Selector, giving us the rundown on all things Tipperary football as they prepare to get their season underway this Sunday at half past one in Dungarvan against Watford in the first McGrath Cup game for Tipperary in 2023. So uh, coming up after the break, we're going to be talking about Ben Healy's move to Edinburgh. And we're also going to be talking local rugby and greyhound racing. So join us after the break for that. Welcome back to the final part of Across the Line here on Tip FM with myself, Paul Carroll. So uh, it's been a big week in rugby news in Tipperary as Ben Healy announced he's going to be leaving Munster at the end of the season to go over to Scotland and play with Edinburgh. So uh, we're going to talk through that and, of course, the local rugby action with uh, Director of Rugby at Nina Ormond, John Long. John, you're welcome to the show. Thanks, Paul. Uh, John, I suppose before we talk about uh, all things Nina Ormond, I suppose we'd be remiss if we didn't speak about uh, the Ben Healy news, I suppose, with him being a, a local lad. Um, obviously, leaving Munster and going off to Edinburgh at the end of the season. Um, what was your kind of overall overall reaction to the news? Uh, very, uh, very disappointing to see happening. Uh, disappointing with Munster and Eric Hugh, really, for, I guess, allowing it to happen. Um, Ben's an unbelievable guy. He's a great guy, great, great... Uh, great player but a great guy and I'd say he didn't take the decision lightly but probably felt he he, he had to do it for, for his career and um, I know he just wants to play rugby and, and get as much game time as possible and looks like this is what he feels he has to do to do to get it. Yeah, yeah and it is this obviously being a, a local myself and just seeing Ben Healy in the Munster lineups. You it was kind of a you'd get kind of pride out of it, like you know, and you wanted to see him do well, and uh, and he just never really got a real proper run. And I thought he it's it's a big shame that he hasn't gotten the chance to uh, wear the wear the Ireland jersey. I thought as well. Absolutely, yeah. I think it was foolish that he was left out of the uh, the Irish tour over the over the summer there. The the emerging talent, the emerging talent squad. You know, I thought he, he definitely deserved a run at that. He he has huge talent, and it's it's obvious to everybody. You know, and as you say, he he just didn't get a, a clear run of of games or opportunities to to showcase that. I mean, he 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 did exceptional things on the pitch, um, and and put his hand up most of the times he was on it. You know, so yeah, uh, yeah. I just feel it's it's a bad move for Munster. I think anyway. You know. Yeah, yeah, but. Hopefully he he goes on to have a success with Edinburgh and I suppose with I with his um I think his his grandmother is is from Scotland he does qualify to play with Scotland so that's definitely a, a possibility too. He does. Uh, um, he's going to play international rugby. I've no doubt. You know he's an exceptional character of professionalism. He's. I remember Ben, fifteen years of age, we'd be out of training and Ben would be in the gym or he'd be on the pitch doing some class of training on his own and and he just he. he trains to be a professional and he is a professional and I, I'm fairly confident he's going to make get international rugby Yeah and he's actually starting with Munster tonight uh, against the Emirates Lions so um, probably a bit of a weird situation for him to be in I suppose now starting and obviously he'll 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 be playing to his best of his ability and wanting to get uh, the best out of these last few months at Munster but um, yeah a st- strange situation I suppose for him to be in the next the next few months till the end of the season It is yeah yeah um, I'd say it wasn't an easy week for the uh, 
being um, officially announced and it won't be easy for him to, to, to play for the next few weeks or months but just knowing Ben and knowing his character it won't reflect on the pitch he'll, he'll, he'll play as if it's a World Cup final no matter what Yeah so uh, we wish Ben uh, all the best and hopefully we'll, we'll get to talk to him on the, on the show at some stage but I suppose with Neen Ormond um, now John uh, after the, the Christmas break um, it's I suppose this this Navin game has been called off twice already, but I I think judging by the weather forecast, it, it should go ahead uh, this Saturday at half past two in New Ormond Park. Um, but yeah, I hope you're hoping it's a, it's third time lucky. Yeah, it was uh, it was a bit messy before Christmas. Um, with two games between the the Navin game, the last AIL game of the of the first half of the season being cancelled, and then our our Senior Cup semi final against Heifey being cancelled. Um, it kind of very much disrupted preparation and, and our plans. It's leaving January very full with four games in a row. Um, there's supposed to be a two-week break between that and the next block, but but we actually have to play that semi-final, the Senior Cup semi-final, in that break as well. So it is making things very challenging uh, for for a, a small club where where um, depth isn't as big as big as the other clubs. So. Um, yeah, it will be going ahead tomorrow. There's no doubt, and uh, we are looking forward to it. And and the lads are raring to go. Yeah, gee, I was gonna I was gonna mention that all right with the uh, the four games coming up, and then what was meant to be a two week two a two week break um, in February. But you have that game as well, so it's a very congested uh, fixture schedule coming up for you. It will be, as I say, yeah, four games, and as it stands now, we'll have one weekend off, and then four week, four games in a row again. So. It is making for busy January and February for us, and it's going to be squad rotation, and everything is going to be very important, you know. So it's 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 not how everything was planned initially, but we can yeah. we, we'll just adapt and, and get on with it. And I'd imagine that's how you kind of approach uh, the season in general, in terms of right, we've the four week block of games, then we've two weeks off, then we've another four or five games. So that that is probably how you how you approach it, is it? It is. You would you take each kind of block as it comes to you, you know. Um, no two blocks are the same. It could be a block of three or two games, home and away. You don't know, and you know you have to you have to work work around them and, and plan ahead. Yeah, and, and disruptions like before Christmas don't help. But look, it's it's no one's fault, and um, you just have to have to get past it and move on. Yeah, obviously the the cold weather we have in December were the reasons. If uh, listeners aren't aware why why the game was called off twice, but. Um, are you much familiar with Navin? They would have come down from Division One B, I think, last year. Um, probably often played them in a couple of years, I'd imagine. Two thousand nineteen, we actually bet it was the last time we we played uh, Navin. Uh, we uh, we actually bet them in the, our last um, game against them. So it's been a while. They're a completely different setup now, no more than ourselves. Um, so it's going to be fresh, fresh, uh, fresh fixture for both of us. Yeah, and uh, it's. By by not playing them in in four years, you're going to be playing them twice in in seven days. You have them again uh, Saturday week, so you'll be very familiar with them a- after, after the next two weeks. We will. We'll we'll know each other inside out uh, after after two um, two games for sure. Yeah, and uh, how how are how are Navin going this year in terms of they they came down last year? Um, how are they how are they faring this year in Division Two? Good. Yeah, they're a strong side. Um, obviously the experience of one B. It is it is a, a another level up and and they've brought that with them to, to Division Two A and uh, they're sitting in top four I think at the moment. Um, so yeah, they've had a good a good half the first half of the season. Yeah, and it's a uh, fairly competitive I suppose. You're at seventh, but you're only four points out of the the top four of the playoff spots. So um, I suppose being at this point, 
just about halfway through the through the season, um, you're in a pretty pretty good spot with with, with all still to play for. Yeah, this this four weeks, this block in January is going to kind of determine the season. Really, if you think about it, uh, the first half of the season, a couple of games we let go, we we should have probably won and didn't, and uh, um, there is very little, as you say, between between us and and uh, playoff positions. Um, but this next couple of weeks are going to really going to really need to go our way. Yeah, and in terms of um, uh, injuries and that, obviously you've had a couple of weeks break now. Um, injuries were kind of a, a big issue, I think, kind of last year, Witchy, but this year um, more kind of luck maybe in terms of, of injuries at the moment? Yeah, we've, we we had a good run in fairness. We were lucky this year. Um, I think a lot of it is we brought in a, a strength and conditioning coach and he's, he's been a huge, huge addition to the coaching team. Um, it's just it's keeping guys, keeping guys uh, ticking over and in shape, and and um, it's it's I think prevented a lot of uh, a lot of small niggles that that would have put guys out of contention uh, last year, you know. Yeah, yeah, and uh, this year I suppose has been um, much uh, better, I suppose, really than last year. It kind of last year was it came down to near the end of the season and and staying out of uh, the relegation. Um, through the playoffs, but um, probably a lot more um, winning going on this year, I suppose, and a lot more uh, positivity, I suppose. Looking forward to the to the end to the rest of the season. Yeah, look, last year I suppose was um, we were we were we were lacking a few a bit of uh, bit of bulk in our depth, I suppose, in the squad, and as you were saying, the injuries really went against us last year, which which put us in a, a bad position, and then it was just very hard to come back from. Uh, this year we got we got off to a really good start. I mean we were in the charity cup final um, against Shannon. Uh, still to be confirmed, a uh, fixture date for that. Uh, we're in the senior cup semi final against Highfield. Um, probably the highest tiered game the club in the club's history. Senior cup is a is a fairly fairly high um, competition to be in, mm. and and to get to the semi final is huge. Um, the AIL, yeah, we've we've had a good first half of the season, um, but. It, it, there is there is a good a good uh, a good squad a really good squad there um, a good coaching team they're, they're just building on what was there and uh, we're just getting getting the bounce of the ball this year that we maybe we weren't getting last year yeah and it does feel like there is something building because like even you mentioned you kind of left some AIL games behind uh, this year but you've had some great results too I suppose uh, earlier in the season beating the likes of Gary Owen and was it was it the Queen's game or was it Black Rock? I'm just uh, scratching my head here where um, it, it was just a, a try I think in the last minute of the game that, that they got the bit, the better of you on that day. Uh, not Queen's, it was uh, Crescent I think you're thinking of. But, it, um, yeah, two, two, three games we lost Queen, uh, Crescent, Ballymena and Jeez, uh, um, uh, I can't think of the last one now. Yeah, I thought it was. But, I thought it was. It was Black Rock that up in Dublin. Or Black Rock, yeah. yeah. Right. Black Rock was the third one. Then yeah. three games were kind of scores in the last minutes. Yeah, lost and and uh, probably shouldn't have. And it's, it's kind of dropped us down the table a small bit. But um, no, uh, overall, I guess it, for the first half of the season, we've, we've, we feel with a good a good half, and it's things are really building there. Yeah, and can definitely take confidence from performances against the likes of, of Queens and Black Rock. Yeah, yeah, no, there's there's uh, there's some great rugby being played, and and I think a lot more to come. Yeah, so hopefully, uh, 
a good start to the second half of the season. That's uh, Saturday at half past two in New Ormond Park. That's uh, Nina Ormond versus Navin in Division 2A of the AIL. Uh, John Long, thanks for joining us on Across the Line. No problem, thanks a lot. And just to round up our rugby coverage on this week's Across the Line, so we've Neen Ormond versus Navin that we were just talking about there. That's on at half past two in New Ormond Park. And at the same time, so half past two on Saturday, in Spafield and Cashel, it's Cashel versus Blackrock in Division 2A. Clonmel, uh, they aren't in action this weekend. So uh, just the two Tipperary teams in action this week in the AIL. And as always on Across the Line, we'll end today's show by talking dogs with Barry Drake. Tip FM's Greyhound Update in association with Greyhound Racing Ireland because this runs deep. It's another massive weekend of Greyhound Racing with so much to look forward to over the course of the next couple of nights. We're going to start with the local racing action because there's plenty down for decision over the course of the next three nights and we're going to start with racing action tonight at the local Clanmel Greyhound Stadium which gets underway at the usual start time of 7.39. Races down for decision tonight in Clanmel and the race we're most interested in uh, comes in race number seven. I was very impressed with the Greyhound who made a winning debut um, a couple of weeks ago that's a ground called Flashy Farlow who's owned and trained by James Heffernan in Cashel um, the son of Skywalker Farlow um, impressed on that occasion in 29-21 and uh, he looks to have um, uh, found uh, another nice winning opportunity here and I think he can make it two wins from as many starts there tonight James Heffernan um, as I said owned and trained there flashy Farlow certainly one to keep an eye on if you're heading along to Clanmel tonight their 9 o'clock start elsewhere uh, turning our attentions to Turles on on Saturday night good racing action down for decision um, in Turles on Saturday night um, 7.35 start uh, race number 5 um, is an A4A5 contest and uh, we thought it was between uh, two greyhounds here um, trap number 1 is playing to Oslo who's, tra- who's owned by uh, Tony Delahunty and trained uh, by Brendan Everett um, this one was a, a youngster who caught the eye on debut when winning in 29.54 She's really a May puppy and uh, she looks to have a bright future ahead and she'll certainly go close in that race. The obvious danger for me comes in shape trap number six Bogger Swift who's owned and trained by Liam Peacock and Thurless uh, this one of course um, has been hitting the crossbar uh, in a couple of outings to date but um, it's another one that's open to plenty of improvement only a May puppy and I think it'll put it up to the uh, likely winner there uh, playing to Oslo so um, that's the race of the night for me in terms of Thurless on Saturday night and looking ahead to Clan Mel then on Sunday night action returns there um, 7.30 start 9 races uh, down for decision and um, we're going to select a greyhound that's running in race number 7 here and um, we've been a, I suppose a, a big fan of this greyhound over the course of the last couple of months it's done us a couple of turns it's minor droopy was owned by uh, Mary O'Connor and Clan Mel it's won 12 times uh, 28-74 winner last time around course and distance a lot to like about that performance and it looks to have a good chance of uh, recording back to back winning performance there from um, the inside draw of trap number 1 and uh, it certainly operated well from that trap at last time so that's the action in terms of local racing action big racing down in Tralee tonight it's the Eric Brown Memorial Kingdom Derby uh, which will kickstart big racing down in the Kingdom uh, for 2023 and um, you know of course following on there from the amazing uh, Winter Racing Festival in Shelburne Park uh, last week where massive crowds took to the Dublin venue uh, so many standout performances over the course of the two nights I suppose uh, for me um, the headline act was Mustang Jet 
who um, won in such great style there for trainer Dolores Root owned by Paul Horrigan of course uh, Sean Burke of Clanmel they would have got a great thrill out of that win uh, 10,000 euros first prize of course Mustang Jet had hit the crossbar in the recent St. Ledger final at Limerick uh, when finishing second in the final I know Dolores um, was reporting him you know to be in superb form uh, before the, re- the racing festival I couldn't believe he was as big as 8-1 to one, uh, prior to the, the race he was back down to 11-2 to two. he had a fantastic draw on trap number 6 but uh, 5 inside seeds and uh, he got the job done but back to um, the Eric Brown Memorial Kingdom Derby tonight of course um, all getting underway in Tralee expect fireworks over the course of the next couple of weeks as I said 7,000 euros to the winner big Tipperary interest uh, Patrick Gilfoyle will have Carnetto who is a recent winner at the Rinter Racing Festival when winning in 28-26 that looks sure to go very well um, in heat number two uh, Liam Dowling of course the uh, maestro from um, uh, County Kerry of course will have a, a big um, team of leading players Ballymac Run will be expected to win race number six that's heat number four she's drawn to perfection in trap number one Stream of Sydney represents uh, Kappa White trainer Pat Buck I thought that was unlucky in Shelburne recently that will um, go well elsewhere Ballymac Finn was second in the final of the Irish Greyhound Derby he'll be all the rage in heat number 5 I think he's the obvious one for outright glory Pat uh, Buckley is represented with Scarty Yank who should go well from the outside and I think Pat Buckley's big hope is Tully Graven a Greyhound that showed massive back straight pace when winning at the Rinter Racing Festival he's got plenty of Kerry connections so they would certainly will be hoping to win this one on home turf and uh, he looks to have leading claims there in heat number 6 so it's all to play for it's another brilliant weekend of racing action I would say Happy New Year um, to all your listeners here um, on the show and look forward to talking um, Greyhounds over the course of the year ahead so we'll be back next week with more Barry Drake as comprehensive and insightful as always here on Tip FM talking the local Greyhound and national Greyhound racing stories of the week and what's to look forward to in the weekend to come so that about does it for the uh, first of this year's Across the Line episodes my many thanks to our guests we had Charlie McGeever we had Ken Hogan and we had John Long and Barry Drake there as well so it's been a jam-packed show lots to come over the weekend as we've mentioned throughout the show but uh, the next time you'll hear from me is in a couple of hours time we have the Tipperary Club draw live from Seamers Bar in Portrow myself and Tim Floyd will be there for that from about half past eight and then on Sunday I'll be back at half past one or just about twenty past one myself and Shane McGrath will be bringing live commentary of Tipperary versus Clare in the Munster Hurling League that's from half past one and uh, we'll be going live at about 20 past one so join us for that but for now this is the end of this week's Across the Line we'll be back next Friday from 6pm we'll talk to you then